Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. To not just blowing smoke. Coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters here in Londonderry, New Hampshire, right in the 724 Lounge. Be sure to subscribe to us on Facebook or YouTube if you are watching the stream live. If you're listening after the fact on uh, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever else you may have found us, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't ever miss a thing. I'm Pastor Padrone. I'm here with my co-hosts, Pat and Dave. And tonight we're very lucky to welcome Lee Graves, the uh, New England area Christoph rep, uh, with us tonight. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Just happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. <laughs> so the original plan was to have the 25th anniversary cigar that you guys had made for, for us on the show. Shipping being what it is, you know, it didn't get there until just a few days ago. Mm -hmm. It just left there today. It didn't make it. Um, but we'd already planned. You were, you know, you're from out of town. So we, you know, we want to accommodate. Yeah. I had to come prostrate myself at the feet of twin cigars <laughs> and they were gracious enough to let me back on. So, yep. Yep. So there you go. So what we're doing is a cigar. I don't believe we've done on the show before the, Pissed off, Christoph, which is one of my favorites uh, that you guys do. It's kind of an outlier on our lineup. We don't do a whole lot of real full-bodied stuff. So it's, that's uh, true. Mm -hmm. You want to talk a little bit about the uh, makeup of the cigar? Yeah. So, uh, pissed off, Christoph. You're going to start with a San Andreas natural wrapper. You're going to have an Indonesian binder, and then the filler's going to be all Nicaraguan. Mm. And it's got the uh, shaggy foot there. Mm-hmm. Unfinished foot. Is that what it is? Yep. Yeah, unfinished foot. Um, and then we got our signature pigtail yep. on the end, which I love because I don't carry cutters, so I just right. pinch just and go. Pinch it right off. That's what I did. It uh, the draw is great. I, I love those. I love the unfinished foot where you can just get the blast of that wrapper. Yeah, it's really nice. All right. So you make this in a number of different sizes. This is the robusto. Mm-hmm. Which is what, like five and a half by fifty-two, I think. Five and a half by fifty-four. By fifty-four. It, mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, we also make it in a six-sixty. We make it in a mm -hmm. Toro, and then we also have the extremely pissed-off Kristoff, which is uh, eight and a half by sixty. Wow. Yeah, it's a big guy. And then uh, my favorite of the bunch is actually the little pissed-off, which mm -hmm. is a uh, Petit Corona. Mm. Yeah, I've had that a few times. That's a really good one too. Uh, and so, um, we are pairing the, uh, what is it called, Pat? Uh, Whistle Pig Sexier. Yep. Just a nice rye. That's all I know about it. I don't really drink Whistle Pig that much. The no, farm stock? 
No, I, I, I have had the... That's a really good one. Okay. But just a six-year... I think it's a core line, right? I think mm -hmm. it's like a baseline blend for yeah. rye. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. I think that'll go really well with this. Very good. So, how did you... You know, obviously, you know you're the you're the new rep here. Let's. It's your first time on the show. How how did you how did you get into cigars? Okay, so how I got into cigars. Um, we'll start off with my origin. I'm from Oklahoma, nowhere from nowhere around here. So uh, what the heck are you doing here? <laughs> I ask myself that a lot, but uh, still glad to be here. Uh -huh. um, not clicking your heels. Yeah. To go back home. <laughs> no, not no. yet. No, not in Kansas and happy about it. No. So okay, good. Uh, so I grew up in uh, Jinx, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. and there was no cigar shop in town growing up. And when I was about 12, a family friend of mine opened one. Shout out to the Fausts. Mm -hmm. They got me into the business. And uh, it was on this little... When you were 12, they got <laughs> you into the business? But they were working on me early. Oh, okay. So uh, there was like this little strip. Um, you know, uh, we called it the River Walk. It was a yep. glorified strip mall. And okay. uh, it had a little arcade and a movie theater. So... My parents would drop me off with all my friends at 7 o'clock, and then whenever the they put the cigar shop there, so that would close at 10, and I would go help them clean up, and they'd drive me home. That was the, uh, that was the transaction. Deal. So I started hanging out in the cigar shop after hours, obviously not smoking, but just right. being around the environment and uh, seeing the community that it brought in, and I kind of fell in love with the whole, the whole thing. So then, uh, you know, by the time I was old enough to start hanging out in the shop, they mm -hmm. couldn't get me out of there. <laughs> and... Uh, Sounds like Pat. Yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah, I went to school. I uh, went to the University of Oklahoma, yeah. and uh, when I got out, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have a job. I was. Uh, what, well, I had what, a job, not a real you get job. A degree in at, at, at college. Where'd you drop out? <laughs> I, that's the <laughs> so I didn't get a degree. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I hope man. my mom's not listening. Uh... Everyone's trying to be funny. And, uh, <laughs> oh, like yeah, that's right. Yeah. I got a bunch of credits. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I haven't figured out how to trade them in for anything. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> <laughs> so what got you out of college? Yeah. Um, to, to be honest, it, I wasn't at a place in life. I, I was a little too wild when I was young, and it just wasn't working out for me at the time one, one of these days I, I've, I've promised my mom i'll go back and finish up because i'm shamefully not that far away from uh from getting a degree maybe mm. about a semester and a half so one wow. of these days yeah okay, yeah yeah um so anyway then i was uh you know trying to figure out what i was doing i was working at a liquor store and uh which is a great college job but when uh when it's paying the bills maybe not the best thing to do right right so that's when uh Tammy Faust, the people, uh, Tammy and Robert opened the cigar box in Jinx, Oklahoma, and they called me and they said, we have some friends that are opening a shop in Midwest City, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. and uh, they are great business people, but they don't know cigars, and they need somebody in the humidor who's going to show them what to do. So I got brought in, and uh, I was the the humidor guy for the first couple years, and then wow. eventually worked my way up to, to GM, and there I was for the next six years until... Uh, until I moved out here for, uh, well, just to do something a little different. You know, it was the middle of the pandemic, and mm -hmm. things had slowed down. And my girlfriend, we were doing long distance at the time. She had yeah. a great opportunity in New York. My sister's in Brooklyn, so we said, let's do it. And we okay. we up and moved in the middle of a pandemic to New York City. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's like the epicenter of the whole thing. 
What was that like? Uh, it was a bit of a culture shock. I mean, I I'd visited. I knew kind of what I was oh, getting sure, into. Yeah. yeah. But it, honestly, it's great. It's a, it's mm. a great city. Um, we got in at just the right time. If you were gonna do it, they mm. uh, we moved in. I guess early March of twenty one. Things started really opening back up. So I kind of got to. It's like I got a trial run of the city. Mm. Things were real slow when I got there, and just slowly <laughs> ramped back up. I got to ease into it. Nice, nice. What part of the city do you live in? Uh, I'm in Chelsea. Chelsea. Mm -hmm. You like it? I love it. Yeah. 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 It's fun. Why is it fun? Wow. There's everything there. I mean, yeah. if you want to, you want a taco at four in the morning, you go get you a taco at four in the morning. You got all the comedy clubs. You got all the music. You know, it's a little noisy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little dirty, a little noisy, but it's a good trade off. I, I find it interesting that a guy from Oklahoma go and be so at home in New York, downtown New York City. <laughs> Were you just like, was it just like you had to be somewhere opposite of, of where you grew up? Or yeah. are you just that good at adapting to different, you know, situations? I want to say a little bit of both. Um, in general, Oklahomans are pretty resilient people. The ones who stayed lived through a dust bowl and, you know, yeah. hell on earth and uh, just made it work. So um, very hard-headed, resilient people. Yeah. And uh, I lived my whole life in Oklahoma, so I did. I wanted a change. I'd always wanted to go out and try something else, you know, see different parts of the world. So when the opportunity came, we went and did it. And I'm sure there's some uncomfortable moments, but uh, sure. you got to live through them. And I, I'm happy I did it. Yeah, yeah. So what led you to Kristoff? How did that happen? Well, I had a good relationship with Kristoff uh, from working in the industry for so long. Um, I was really close with my local rep, uh, Guillermo Alvarez. Shout out. He was the... Uh, Guillermo. Guillermo. He was the Kristoff rep for uh, Texas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Missouri, and Arkansas. And wow. um, yeah, he had... <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and a lot of empty highway. Just a few shops. Mm -hmm. And so he, uh, you know, he had kind of uh, let me know, would I ever be, if the opportunity ever came, would I ever be interested? And I said, yeah, you know, uh, <clears throat> never say never. If the opportunity comes and I'm in a place in my life that that's something I want to do, um, I'm all for it. So I was, unbeknownst to me, I guess, you know, I was kind of on there, higher on the list than I thought I was. Okay. And uh, Guillermo stepped down. He's got a two kids so yeah, uh, he wanted yeah. a little time at home you know it's a lot of road time mm -hmm. and so uh whenever he stepped down jared said well what do you think lee would want the job and uh he said i think he would but unfortunately he lives in new york now uh so it's not going to work in oklahoma and then jared said perfect we've actually got an opening in uh, the northeast and he gave me a call man about three months ago and here i am that's crazy yeah that's crazy so did you accept right away or did you have to think about it or yeah <clears throat> i mean you tell them you know unless you pay me this exorbitant <laughs> amount of money oh we won't get into the nitty-gritty of it but uh <laughs> yeah i mean i definitely had to think about it um you know i had uprooted my life and uh moved to this massive city right. and uh paying outrageous rent to live in this massive city so being on the road mm. six out of eight weeks of the out of my rotation, you know, mm -hmm. that's a lot of time away. Um, but when it came down to it, to be honest, I really miss the industry. It's yeah. just so much fun and it's where I belong. And, uh, I had to think about it. And then once I really thought about it, it was a no brainer. It okay. was, yeah. 
So how are you liking it now that you're in it for three months? You see the honeymoon phase? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm hoping it lasts a while. It's uh, <laughs> it's great. You know, it's such a welcoming industry. Yeah. Everybody's so kind. Um, and the Northeast is a fantastic market. I mean, so many good shops, so many good, uh, you know, iconic people in the industry are from mm -hmm. around here. Um, the people are great. I've just been, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm still exploring. I, uh, mm -hmm. I have never really, my first time coming to Ninchan, no, New Hampshire was coming to see you. Right. You know, you were right. my very first stop here. Um, and I, it, right. <laughs> <laughs> and perfect time. I took the job just before, uh, f at the beginning oh, of fall. Yeah, so yeah. I was exploring New England during peak foliage. Mm -hmm. It's, it, you know, it's, it's been like a it's long a very vacation. Place, yeah. yeah. Very unique place here. Um, so has, uh, Glenn and Jared been treating you all right? <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in fact, that same, after coming to see you that first time, that was a quite the introduction to uh, the new job. I went to go pick Glenn up from the airport. I left here to go to the airport, so wow. I spent a, I spent the week with Glenn on my, uh, I guess my onboarding was with the president of the company, and mm -hmm. uh, but he's such a nice guy. He um, is. He's very nice. Very good. Like very Glenn. kind. Uh, knowledgeable about his product. Mm -hmm. um, I learned a lot just in those couple days we were together, and then Jared, me and him had known each other for years, so it was kind of okay. like a. Getting back with an old friend, you know, kind of join, rejoining the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he still, uh, you know, like looking for a barbershop? <laughs> you know, I haven't seen, uh, we haven't done any FaceTime recently, but I'm going to say the answer is probably yes. <laughs> oh, man. The last time he was on the podcast, we had him. You remember this? He was, uh, you know, video streaming with us and the wind was blowing and his hair was like all, all over the place. Oh, it was amazing. Oh my gosh, he's a good guy. Mm -hmm. Known him for years too. It, it shocked me when I when I we did uh, our first Zoom interview because I hadn't seen him in two or three years. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, he was very clean cut. Whenever I I used to do business with him, so when I, he first. The thing he had this long ponytail out the back of his head. He looked mm -hmm. like a yeah. He, he looked like a real New Englander, like a patriot of sorts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, what's what's been the most challenging thing for you in this transition to a New England, b being a rep, c being out on the road? Yeah, um, challenges. I would say uh, geography for one. You know, mm. just learning where everything is. Um, there's so many very well-established people and though it's a big area new england's very tight-knit everybody yeah. seems to know each other they travel a lot so i'll sit down and someone goes have you seen this shop it's here it's here it's here and i it's all gibberish to me until i've gone and actually physically mm -hmm. been places i'm a very visual person so mm -hmm. you know i need to or i learn from experience so i need to go spend time in a place before i can place it yeah and uh, so yeah that's been hard um and then coming with that is just time management um, mm -hmm. which i think i'm getting down but it, you know until you learn it takes x amount of time to come here and uh something like like i called you yesterday yeah. you don't work on mondays yeah you know just <laughs> trying to learn everybody's schedules and try to figure out how i can plan my week mm -hmm. to be effective um mm -hmm. and that's something that's just going to come with time yeah you know you yep. can't that's the only way it happens yeah only way it happens all right we've, we've had a few minutes to talk now guys about an inch into the cigar what do you what do you what kind of things are you picking up there, Pat? Burn looks great all the way around. Everybody's cigar is burning 
fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like <clears throat> construction wise, I was gonna start with that. Is obviously like that nice like bleach white ash. It's tightly packed. Doesn't have like those little like rings on it. It's just like one solid kind of smooth ash. The draw is really like dense, where it, it's perfect to the sense where it's like sipping out of a straw. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not too much resistance. It's not too tight. And again, like the ash kind of speaks to that. The construction on it. And then the smoke itself, you know, on the palate, when you initially draw from the cigar, it's a really creamy textured smoke and it has a kind of like the spice nuance that kind of like coats your palate. And then on the retro, you get like a little bit of that kind of Cajun spice I referenced mm-hmm. last week. And then like the sweetness from the San Andreas doesn't really come out until the finish. Yeah. So it kind of leaves you like this nice, like really sweet, creamy coated finish. You have a little bit of earth in there, a little bit of cedar. So overall, it's pretty good, nice and smooth. It definitely... When you look at the band pissed off Kristoff, you're expecting to get your, you know, nose and everything blown up when you retro, but no, it's really smooth. Definitely a little bit more of a vitamin N in there, you know, but yes. it's not There's a little bit more N in this. But it's definitely not something that I would say to somebody like you, you wouldn't be able to smoke. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're not like a full bodied smoker, like I think this is more approachable than if you gave me like an NAS from L F D. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think, Dave? Um that's another good reason to do this cigar you know it's it's got enough going on that's going to cut through your cut through your head cold you know um, is anyone else smoking this out in the audience tonight? I can't see anybody that is. I'm not seeing one. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think of the pairing with the Whistle Pig Six Year? Let's find out. Let's find out. That sounds like a great idea. Little Whistle Piggy Sixy. So the Whistle Pig. Again, like why a lot of people, I think, like rye is they're very smooth. They have like kind of a nice leather kind of forward flavor, and then it's always followed by a lot of sweetness. So if your mm-hmm. someone doesn't like a lot of sweetness in your spirits, obviously rye is not really going to be your thing. Um, and then with the cigar, definitely enhances that spice. It makes it a lot more like stimulating through the retro. And I think because since it, you know, like cause the, the, there's a little bit of spice in the rye. It's not really, again, it's fairly smooth. But that spice on your palate kind of, you know, preps you. And again, like the receptors, you're more receptive to, you know, more complimentary notes. That's why the retro is more pronounced when it comes to that spice note. And then the sweetness is more of like, instead of like kind of a coating and a texture of the creaminess of the smoke, it's more of like a syrupy texture. So it's like its own kind of individual flavor now it's not just mingled with the creaminess so you get like a nice kind of malty sweet finish now yeah and i think it really does pick up the spice in the cigar in the retro too yeah. mm-hmm. the drink and uh the, the <clears throat> excuse me the cigar if you smoke the glass it it makes the whistle pig even sweeter it does you know it, it which is surprising it's it's sweet on its own mm-hmm. But it re- really adds a, another layer of creamy sweetness mm-hmm. to it. It was that, that was very marked for me. Did you pick that up too, Pat? Yeah, I think Pat touched on something great with the uh, 
malty sweetness because I'm really getting that almost yeah. like a like a sweet bread kind of um, mm. you know like a nice sweet grain. I can totally agree with that. That's a great description. Like a sweet, yeah, a nice sweet. I don't know what else to say. Sweet bread. It's like a corn sweetness. Mm -hmm. Corn sweetness. Not a rye sweetness. Which is interesting because, yeah, it's a rye, but yeah. That's why, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do think it's funny how the why do you think that is, Dave? You're, you're a chemical engineer kind of guy. I mean, what happens? You don't know. No. You don't know why about the rye? <laughs> there you have it. Oh, there you have it. That's good. All right. Um, what do you like? We talked a little bit about your challenges. Mm -hmm. What do you like most? What What keeps you going? What's the first thing you think about in the <laughs> getting up in the morning? What gets you out of bed to do this job? Unprompted by Dave, I got to say, being on this podcast is probably the highlight of my career <laughs> so far. Um, but no, it, you know, not entirely unrelated. It really is the people. Um, it's the fact that I, I'm getting paid. Of course, there's work involved. For there's sure. hassles. There's headaches. But when you break it down, I'm I'm going from smoke shop to smoke shop, hanging out with great people, smoking cigars. Um, I'm doing what I would like to do in my off time. Yeah. And of course, it's kind of I'm coming at it from a different angle mm -hmm. because uh, I have goals I need to accomplish. Um, but in the end, this business is really about relationships and I'm building relationships with. And not just for the sake of business, but these are people for the most part that I'm meeting that I would like to to know and get right. to know better regardless um i think there's something about this industry that just tends to bring in really earnest kind people mm -hmm. um that are passionate and that's that's something that i really value is how passionate everybody is i mean you can go you can go to this big shop that's doing 15 20 million in sales a year or you can mm -hmm. go to this little mom and pop and uh the conversations are almost the same you know mm -hmm. you're, you're talking to people who love what they're doing um, they truly love the product and they're invested mm -hmm. in, cause it's, you know, there's money to be made, but it's not exactly a get rich quick scheme opening a cigar shop. No, um, no. Uh, they're, they're in it cause they love it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's, I've always worked in small businesses and, uh, it's something that I really value. And that's really the bread and butter of this industry is the, uh, brick and mortar shop. And mm -hmm. I love being a part of that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I have a quick question. So. How difficult is like the transition to be a part of Kristoff? Like I know last time we had Kristoff on, one of the takeaway points I had was that Kristoff is too big to be small and too small to be big. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you guys are still a boutique line, but you guys are also growing to the point where I think you're just like right there on becoming kind of one of those like big humidor brands. Right. So being you know new to the position, being in that huge kind of what I would consider like a you know transformational stage, like what. Like, how would you think that your job is a little bit more complicated than, you know, someone from like a legacy brand or someone that's like a true boutique rep? Yeah, I think 
one of the complications we run into is, uh, or I've run into is, and it's it's double edged because it, it's something that's also a benefit, and it's brand perception. Um, we're perceived as much larger than we are. Um, people, we've been around for coming up on twenty years, a very well established brand. So when people think Kristoff, they they think that we are this this massive company, and we're, we're really not. There's maybe seven or eight people in my position. Then we got Jared and Glenn, and then we have Vicky and Ward, and then past that, it's uh it's the warehouse, and that's and and then the factory, and that's the whole company. It's not that many people, and uh, so they think that uh, <laughs> they they expect us to behave like these larger companies, you know, and they want to all the free stuff they want us to throw these big events and it's just we're still a family business we're small and we're running on a family business budget and doing what we can with that you know so it's kind of um where's my free crap there we go <laughs> no really where is my free crap? <laughs> i might owe you some by the end of that so we'll see <laughs> yeah no that's 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 an interesting point and uh you know, I, I think kind of to kind of to Pat's point here. I know that you guys are in a number of different countries now. How many countries are you guys in? It's more than I'd think. It, it's. I wish I knew that exact figure. Uh, I hope Jared's not watching, but I, I, I think we may be in the double digits at this point. I think you are. Yeah. I think you are. Mm -hmm. Um. So you know, there's there's that adds to the whole. You're you know you're bigger than you feel maybe mm -hmm. you know um what as you go around the different shops and even more so you, you've been in different parts of the country in different shops mm -hmm. what's one of your big cigar pet peeves something that you wish people would start doing or something that you wish for the love of God they'd stop doing so that they would enjoy their cigar experience more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves, and I think this comes from working on your end, being in a in a retail shop, is um, people who just beat up on their cigars. It drives me insane. When so you what do you mean by beat up? Oh, you know, they, they come in and they buy a cigar and then they want to, uh, you know, this is something that hundreds of hands have touched before. <laughs> it's sanitary. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Uh, but, you know, a lot of time hundreds and care. Hundreds of people have touched I'm going to put it in my mouth now. <laughs> right. Is, is COVID still a thing? Uh, <laughs> right. Um, but it, it's each cigar is truly a little piece of art. Yeah. Um, it's an yep. artisan product and it it deserves respect and so it really bothers me when i see someone and, and of course you paid for it do what you want with it yeah um but you know somebody comes in and they're banging it on the ashtray and they're chewing on it and then they go you know it's just not smoking right <laughs> that's the one that gets me is i have a little trouble with the burn or it won't stay lit it's like well you know if you if you just take it easy on the thing yeah <laughs> if you'd stop whacking it yeah oh my goodness um what do you think makes Kristoff stand out with all the different other options? You know, Twins is a great example of this. There's, we have a thousand foot walk in humidor. Mm -hmm. There's literally thousands of facings in there. Mm -hmm. uh, a portion of that 
you know, we have a, a good number of facings of yours. Oh, yeah. But how do you keep that up front in the midst of all the choices in the market today? Yeah. Um, I think something that we do a really good job of, um, and there's a lot of companies out there. We're not alone in this, but uh, we put a lot of our time and energy into quality control. Um, mm -hmm. It's a very consistent product. And with that, we... Um, you know, we don't advertise aggressively. Um, we don't do a whole lot of swag, but what we do funnel that money into is making sure that we can keep our prices reasonable. And when you spend $10, $15 on a Kristoff cigar, you're going to get the same experience every time. Um, every cigar, our bunching method we use in two bar, which is, um, I'm sure you guys are familiar, but it, it means basically little straws or little tubes. Um, so every little leaf is rolled into a little tube instead of just kind of bunched together and throw right. it in there. And that creates a perfect draw. Um, also, we draw test every cigar, which I heard Mike last week mm -hmm. saying that uh, Rocky also does that. But that takes that takes time and effort. Yes. Um, and that's something that uh, takes time away from rolling cigars. But it also creates a uh, an experience that you know is going to be consistent every time you right. pick it up. Um, that on top of we don't really like to rush anything. All of our tobaccos are double or triple fermented. Um, so there's a lot of effort that goes into the cigar, and we cut out a lot of the auxiliary stuff mm -hmm. um, to focus on the product. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I really value about us. Yeah, it, it's um, – you almost have to wonder when, you know, a company has, you know, <clears throat> a new hat every month, a new lighter every month. You know, here's the new cutter. You, you got like eight of these things by the end of the year. You know, it's it, it's good to know that, you know, you're reinvesting into the product and into quality control. And mm -hmm. that's the that's a smart way to do it. Because yeah. in the end, that's what people are going to keep coming back for. Exactly. You can only give them so, so much swag. Mm -hmm. you know. um, no, that's really good. Um, so you, you said you're... you're your rotation is about eight weeks, six of which you're on the road. Mm -hmm. Six to uh, five to six, somewhere five like that. Five to six yeah. weeks you're on the road. So, when you get home, when you have time to relax, what do you like to do? Uh, how, what does Lee do when he's not doing Kristoff? Yeah, um, I spend. A, I love comedy shows, so I go and I live in the perfect place to to do yeah, that. So apparently. Uh, I spend a lot of time at the Comedy Cellar um, and, and their clubs. I like going to the stand. Um, I like doing a lot of that. Um, I like going just going to the park, going on bike rides, hanging mm -hmm. around, around the city, um, spending time with my girlfriend and friends and, yeah. you know, bars, restaurants, just kind of relaxing and unwinding. So how's the girlfriend adjusting to you being gone so much? <laughs> She's probably loving it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we live in a shoebox, so you know, I'm not on top of her all the time. Um, no, and she uh, she works in wine and spirits, and she actually travels almost as much as I do. Oh, so, really? Um, and with us both having pretty flexible jobs, we can kind of schedule those. So a lot of the times when I'm on the road, she may go on a one- to two-week trip and we'll both be back on the weekend. So we're actually not, I mean, we're still away from each other, but since we're both kind of off doing our own thing, it doesn't right. feel that way. And then we can kind of come, come back, back and, and it's, it's just us. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Cause I, I would think that would be very, a very challenging thing to do. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you're both traveling. Yeah. 
kind of best of both worlds. Yeah, kind of best of both worlds. So tell us a little bit about this this cigar that uh, is eventually coming. It'll probably be here like tomorrow <laughs> after the after everything goes. What's what's the 25th anniversary cigar that you guys made for twins? So I'll be honest, you may know more about it than I do because you guys uh, put it all together before I even got signed on. But uh, I believe that it is a San and our our San Andreas line. Yes. Made in a box press torpedo, which is a size we've never made that in before. Um, and it or not torpedo. I'm sorry. It's perfecto. A, it's perfecto. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, That's correct. Which we'd done a couple other blends in that size, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. I'm very looking forward to mm -hmm. it. Uh, wouldn't that be nice if we were smoking that right now? It would be really <laughs> nice. <laughs> but you get what you get, and you enjoy it, you know? That's right. <laughs> Instead, we're pissed off. <laughs> That's great, That's Dave. That's great. <laughs> very, very good. Very good. And um, Christoph just came out with something else. The guardrail. You want to talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um so there's kind of two stories that go into the guardrail, um, one from the name and then one from the blend. So we'll we'll start with the name. Okay. Um, Glenn Case is the founder of Christoph Cigars. Uh, he founded it in 2004, and about four or five years ago, um, he was he was actually right in my backyard. He was in Oklahoma mm -hmm. doing an event. Um, motorcycle culture is huge in uh, in Oklahoma, and Glenn rides, so there was a local shop, not mine, but one very close to me that put on a uh, motorcycle run. Okay. And so Glenn flew down. I, I wish he was here. He tells the story so much better than I could. But Glenn flies down, and, uh, you know, when he tells it, he's saying that he'd felt uneasy the whole time. Like, you know, just kind of that sense of imminent doom that you get sometimes. And, uh, in fact, he, he, he'd lost his lost his phone right before the plane the one sure if or right before he was supposed to leave and you know his tickets are all on there there's like a couple setbacks that he had he they had to delay the plane because somebody had to somebody had um had like a seizure on the plane or something he really? had to yeah like there's all these signs that are basically like go home glenn <laughs> you know and uh seizure on a plane <laughs> right and uh he gets to the dealership where he's renting a motorcycle and they uh we won't name any names but he shows up and finds out that his license is uh, out of date. So they can't rent him a bike. And uh, one of the local guys said, hey, I'll vouch for him. So, so he gets the bike illegally and uh, goes on this, goes on a, on a motorcycle run. And uh, he's a seasoned rider. And it's a, it's like a five-hour run, pretty full day of riding. And he does it, and they go make all their stops. And now he's just he's taking the bike back to the dealership, returning it. And uh, he's going to go back to his hotel to relax. And he's maybe a quarter mile from the dealership, making a left-hand turn. It's just one of those freak accidents. Back wheel gave out. He went over topside, right into a guardrail. Um, completely broke his eye socket, broke a couple leg or a couple leg bones. Um, I mean, he was really, and he kept it real hush hush. Not a lot of people, a lot, not a lot of people in the industry outside of Kristoff and you know, obviously the people in Oklahoma who had to see the whole thing. Uh, not many people knew about it, and so he was uh, held up in the hospital there for about a week, and he actually, because he had so much swelling in his head, his, his wife had to drive from Chicago to come get him in the Suburban, and so he was all laid up in the back seat while she drove the oh, wow. like, 12 hours back to Chicago. And, uh, you know, he, he was really afraid about what his future was going to be. You know, he had to have reconstructive surgery on his face. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, that he has plates all up and down his legs. He wasn't sure what, what he was going to walk like, what he was going to talk like, look like. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> medical miracle, he, uh, you would never know it if he saw him no. today. He looks great. He, he looks does. just like he always has. Sounds great. Um, you know, he'll, he'll light up the TSA when he walks through there, but that's about <laughs> it. Um, so he, uh, it was truly a miraculous recovery. So he, he wanted to do something special for it. Mm -hmm. And so, he thought, how can I honor my recovery? And so he named a cigar after the guardrail that bit him, you know. And uh, so here we have the guardrail. And if uh, well, we don't have one, but if you look on the band, it's um, it's got the handlebars of a motorcycle. And then on the side, you can see a little embossed uh, angel wings. So it kind of uh, is a little, a little nod to his accident. And then uh, so that's the name. And then the blend, they, they wanted to do something really special something they hadn't done before and so yeah <laughs> yeah that, that's the main to tasting notes <laughs> he uh so they go down to the factory and they they taste like rogue tar <laughs> it was actually very good yeah i think it turned out fantastic um so what they did they 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 were looking at all these tobaccos they could source and everyone they saw they went ah oh, but someone's doing that someone's mm -hmm. doing that and then they heard about um this farm in Zimbabwe. Uh, and I didn't even know that there was much tobacco coming out of Zimbabwe, but apparently it's like their third or fourth export, largest export, uh, mostly going into machine rolled cigars and cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And uh, this farm was having this problem where they had this crop that had just, it just gone crazy. It was huge and way too big for the purpose that they were using it for. Uh, it wasn't uniform with the rest of their crop. And so they tried some stuff, and they just couldn't make it work with the machine rolled and right. the cigarettes. So they brought it to Glenn. Um, he got some, and he tried it, and it had this really – it was ugly, to be honest. Mm. You know, it's it's young. It's a brand-new kind of tobacco. It's not new, but, I mean, this is a yeah, – what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, like a new evolution of this tobacco, kind of a strange – thing that happened so uh he tasted it and it had this really interesting kind of smoky mesquite flavor and he really liked it so they started playing with it and it was it's too young too ugly the, the leaves weren't quite strong enough to really make it a wrapper right. um yet so but the flavor was fantastic <clears throat> so they played with blends and uh they ended up finding that it's it's working really well as a filler you're going to get a lot of that okay. flavor it comes through as kind of like an afternote while not overpowering anything, and uh, so yeah, they they blended it with a uh, with a Brazilian Maduro. Uh, I can never say this right. Araparaca. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah, I love Araparaca. Oh, it's a fantastic, uh, <clears throat> fantastic tobacco. Mm. And uh, so that's the wrapper. The binder is a uh, Dominican Habano. Okay. And then uh, and then the filler. You're gonna have this uh, Zimbabwean. It comes from the Burma Valley. Um, and like I said, it, it imparts like a really like mesquite sweet smokiness. And I almost get a little like, um, like a damp earth kind of thing out of it. Mm. It's a very unique, uh, flavor profile. And then we finish that out with, uh, some more Dominican Habano, uh, just to kind of round it out at the end. Um, in the filler. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. cool. And then the plan is to continue to crossbreed and cultivate this plant. To try to get it to where we can really let it shine as um as a, a more yes that's that's the hope okay that's very very cool mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> thank you dave <laughs> wow
Oh my. So, <clears throat> Christmas is coming. We have our customer appreciation party coming up this Thursday uh, here at the lounge, actually. Um, six, yeah, just a few days from now, six to nine. Um, it's going to serve as the official launch of our Old Forester single barrel, the latest uh, barrel select that has come into Twins. We have like nine or ten on the menu right now. And um, <laughs> it's really good. We had it last week on the show. Fantastic. Kind of a soft launch then. Big launch uh, this Thursday night. Uh, that's going to be available at seven for, for 724. What a steal. All during that party from, from 6 to 9. It's going to be fantastic. And then also 724 cigars. The singles, they're all going to be 20% off uh, for the party too. So it's going to be a great time to grab yourself a great cigar, great drink for great prices. And <clears throat> there's going to be food. Starting with my uh, burnt offerings chili, which if you have been in the area, you know, it's it's one first place at a couple of chili competitions. It's very good chili. You got to like your chili made with all sorts of animals that were burnt <laughs> offerings in Old Testament times, you know, hence the name. But it's this great kind of, it's, 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 it's got spice, it's got heat, but it's, it's like a smoldering heat. It's not this, oh, let's burn your face off, you know, so you can't taste anything. It's the kind of thing where you, kind of like the pissed off, where you, you eat the whole bowl and then you're like, ooh. <laughs> Oh, that didn't feel like I was going to get that with the first bite there, but now it's happening. The heat comes in the next the day. The heat comes in, yes, or that <laughs> night. <laughs> yes, you'll save a lot of oil heat, or if you're, God forbid, you're on electric, your bill will drop. You have some of my chili. It's going to be very good. Um, there's going to be homemade cornbread with that, too. Some other. Beautiful. There'll be some other uh, crock pot kind of hot foods with that this is a great time of year to have that so hot food cold drinks cigars it's gonna be fantastic <laughs> merry christmas yep yep no cover charge or anything for that it's just an open you know open party it's gonna be good but uh <clears throat> it is hard i have seen a lot of customers come in today who said after they got their gift card after they got their box of cigars after they got their lighter whatever it was that they were done that was the last stocking stuffer or christmas thing they had to buy how are you guys doing are you guys ready for christmas christmas is this sunday i know i can't even freaking believe it i still can't believe summer's over and now it's winter you know it's ridiculous <clears throat> yes uh, at least i have that going for me the days will start to get longer after tomorrow that's right We've made it through the hardest point. <laughs> you know, it's three o'clock. It's midnight outside. You know, get up. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. <clears throat> it's almost like you know you might as well just live in Anchorage, Alaska, or something. <laughs> you know. Almost makes me feel bad for Canada. Right. Almost. Oh, Canada. How's Rod doing? Is he there? Yes, Hello, Rod. We're glad you're there. Mm. They celebrate Christmas in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Are you ready for uh, Christmas there, Pat? I think so. Got a couple gifts I gotta buy still, but... What are you waiting on. for? Are you one of these people that waits till the last minute, Pat? Yep. Why? Why do you wait till the last minute, Pat? Because I don't have a humidor that they would be hidden if I bought them before Christmas. Oh, so they're, they're cigars that you have to buy? Yep. Oh, well, <clears throat> you can do almost all your Christmas shopping right where you work. Oh, I, I have them ready to go. I just gotta bring them home. Okay. You just didn't want them to get smoked discovered discovered fair enough you mean you didn't want to smoke them yourself before i'm pretty tame How are you pat i have my own no it, it, it's the socket con blacks and my dad doesn't know that they're out still which does he watch watching the podcast it. i was gonna say i just screwed myself <laughs> screw you dan but, but... hey pat's dad but I, I, we, I don't have any, so if he sees a box, he's going to know something's up. So I kept him here this time. Okay. In a humidor? That wouldn't stand out. That... Yeah, that, would, that wouldn't stand out at all. That'd be perfect. Pat's just shaking his head. Dave, are you ready for Christmas? Yeah. Dave, uh, are you ready for Christmas? Yes. So all the all the shopping is done. Yes, I know. We've we covered that. You just turned off the lights. <laughs> for whatever reason, you just didn't take down his tree. <clears throat> yeah. So it's like a spruce in the living room, and then all of a sudden it becomes a Christmas tree, right? Uh, right after Thanksgiving, lights up and everything. Is it a realistic tree or is it one of those, you know, fiber optic trees that, you know, changes colors like it's on some kind of drugs? It is heavily lit, but it is a realistic tree. Do you keep the lights on year round? The star at the top. Weird stuff. Like, what? what is that? Weird stuff. Describe a weird stuff that you're. Your star projects stars. <laughs> a little Christmas rave. I would have thought you would have put a big, big, big moon on the top of your tree. <laughs> yes. If, if you ever follow Dave on Instagram, you're going to find out two things about Dave. The first is every week he takes his mom out to lunch and he takes a picture of his mom who happens to be my mom. So hi, mom. But then the other thing you're going to learn, other than Dave being a really good boy, taking his mom out to lunch, is that he likes the moon. He takes pictures of the moon <laughs> two or three nights a week, it seems like. <laughs> and it's like he's, his phone just is like, I have this great phone. It can take a picture of the moon. Don't look at that. It's fantastic. But it's like, there's his mom. There's the moon. Mom, the moon, the moon, mom, 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 moon, kit, kitty moon <laughs> you know, what's your favorite phase of the moon
I was messing with you and you came at me with like a really sweet, well thought answer. That's fantastic. <laughs> I don't really know what to say to that, Dave. <laughs> does that have some, does the phase of the moon give you some kind of indication as to where the relationship is going to go? Is it, no, but is that, like, is, you know, are you lunar con <laughs> lunarly controlled or influenced? <clears throat> well, even my, even you know, we brought her up. Mom, she believes that she she thinks that on a full moon, my daughter Anna who's a Kyle on the spectrum and you know it's that she gets really wacky because of the full moon and so she starts to get all concerned when it's and I'm like mom that has nothing don't worry about it the moon's pull on the water is not affecting Anna in any way <clears throat> exactly <laughs> <laughs> Funny, you know, it's like such a, you know, it's such a, <laughs> it's so involved in like all of the folklore and yeah. stuff like that, that like, psychologically people just, it's like a It's an excellent point that full moon, you know, waxing moon, waning moon, crescent moon, the moon, like you said, is always there. It's it's just whether how much of it we can see. That's a very very good point. But are there not times where the the moon is closer to the Earth than other times? I mean, you you no. hear about these really big, no, the is, big moon is, in the sky. So the the Earth's the Earth. It's just like this. Like right now, the Earth is closer to the sun mm -hmm. during our winter. So, uh, oh, that really sucks. But that, that's, it uh, feels like it's very far away, <laughs> Dave. Well, you notice how it's brighter? Yes. And it's, and it's almost blinding during the morning and stuff like that. Yeah. Thousands of miles closer to the sun. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. But the moon is, is, is a lot worse. Always, like it looks bigger on the horizon, but that's just because it's like a, it's a, you know, the, lens, the the foreground makes it look big because it's close to the board. If you actually took a eraser and held it up to the moon, you actually went like this to the moon, <laughs> and you held it up there, be like, my God, it's a it's the same it's size. So it's just optical illusion. Do you agree with that, Pat? Uh, yeah. I'll give it to him. Uh, <laughs> Science. Yes, that's. I'm sure there's some article you can read about that. I'll, I'll give it to him. <laughs> All right. Very good. Very good. Do we have anything to add to the whole moon thing? I think we covered talk? it. Yeah. <laughs> it's always dark. It's not the dark side. It's it's the back. It's the it's the back. It's the back side of the moon. 
That sounds like a really bad 80s rock album. <laughs> Backside of the moon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Copyright safe version. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so what's the final thoughts here on the pissed off, pissed off? Since we couldn't have our other cigar, we decided to go pissed off. Like we were talking about before the show, this is a great cigar with a cup of coffee. Too. That's fantastic. Yeah. If you can handle, like we said, the nicotine and the caffeine, you know, you got to balance that out a little bit, but. <laughs> What about you, Pat? Thoughts? Yeah, I just echo that. It's really good, you know, wake up morning cigar. It goes well with coffee. It's not, you know, body wise, going to blow your palate out, but it has enough kind of oomph to it that it's going to wake you up in the morning. Yeah, I agree. This is, this is since it came out, has been one of my favorite Christophs. Um, it's my favorite Christoph that's regularly produced. Um, and uh, I, I love the flavor. I love the, the San Andreas wrapper. I'm a big San Andreas guy. And um, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, the, the higher nicotine, I don't know, some people get all like, oh, I'll try it, smoke it because it's so strong, you know. It, it's It's not... Like we were saying at the beginning of the show, if, if you think you're going to get like this huge in your face, super strong thing that's going to make you sick to your stomach, that's it's not the case. Um, it kind of sneaks up on you, you know, and by the end of it, you're kind of mellowed out. You're very relaxed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think it's a great cigar. It's a great cigar to start the day. It's a great cigar to end the day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, if, you know, when you come around or when, when it, whoever the Christoph rep was, whether it was Jared or, or whoever else, you know, I was always looking for these in, in the, the bag that came. Noted. You know, um, it's very, very good. I love these. Now, um, next week on the show, we're going to be announcing our Cigar of the Year. So it's going to be a very special episode. I'm not going to tell you what it is. We're going to keep that secret so that some of you may even come back and watch just to find out what it is. <laughs> hopefully not that anyone cares <laughs> but there you go but lee thank you for being with us tonight this was really great thank you so much great for having time. me good talk you know and um we hope you want to come back anytime let's do it it sounds good sounds good all right so that's it for tonight's show thanks for watching everybody and we'll see you next week when we announce the uh not just blowing soap cigar of the year we'll see you then you've been listening to not just blowing smoke the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge expertise and fun of twins smoke shop new england's premier smoke shop right to you wherever you are whenever you want it you can find us at our website notjustblowingsmoke.com and keep in touch with us on facebook youtube twitter and instagram at not just blowing smoke Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is not just blowing smoke. Roll.
top down smoke. 